Hi everyone, Radhe Radhe. Uh, so this is uh, this video I got from basically somebody on my Facebook. I am so, so, so in love with Facebook. This is amazing. I don't know how many people can actually say that they love Facebook. And I actually love Facebook because it is a, an immense amount of growth for me. It is an immense amount of, I, I surround myself. I, I'm very quick at either unfriending or unfollowing people who I feel like are taking away my energy and I'm very good at surrounding myself with people who are lifting me up and giving energy, not lifting me up specifically. They're just making posts, right? But they're so good, these posts. They're so, I'm, I'm surrounded by such amazing people that every time I open Facebook, I'm uplifted. So I read this article yesterday um, by somebody and uh, it's on desire. So I have been reading, I have been reading the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita, and I have decided to do chapter three and just focus on chapter three and become an expert at chapter three instead of trying to do everything at one shot. Although I'm doing one verse a day and that process will continue. But that chapter three is all about desire, right? So, um, and this article was on desire. And this article just explained everything in such a beautiful way, just laid it out. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is it. So now I'm going to explain that to you. So let me start with the Bhagavad Gita, what that says. And then I'll explain, I'll expand on it the way this article said. Uh, so beautiful. Okay. So in Bhagavad Gita, chapter three, verse 36, Arjun asks Krishna, and I'm going to assume that you can look up the details if you don't know who Arjun and Krishna are. You can look up what the Gita is all about, but you don't have to. I mean, it's just somebody ask somebody. <laughs> um, why are we impelled to do um, sinful activities as if by force, even though we're doing it unwillingly? Why? What? What? What is it? Pull that causes us to do these sinful activities, even though we know that it's bad for us. And uh, Krishna responds saying, it is desire, calm, it is desire. And that desire leads to anger. It is born of the mode of passion. Again, you can, you don't have to understand the details if you don't understand the details, it's okay, or you can look it up. So it is, all of this is caused by desire, which is, which uh, is born of the mode of passion, which leads to anger. And it is the all devouring, greatly sinful enemy. That's the verse, <laughs> 37. Um, okay, so now the explanation of why that works and how and why is desire so bad for us? Because we think that desires are great, right? Why is desire so bad for us? Okay, here goes. Desire means I am saying a desire for external anything. So this desire could be for, for anything. It could be for a donut. It could be for a car. It could be for a person. It could be for intimacy. It could be for anything at all. But this desire is like saying, oh, holy thing out there, I need you in order to be happy. If I don't have you, I suffer. I need you to make me happy. Or even if you don't say I suffer if I don't have you, you still say I will be happier if I'm if, if you are with me. Either way, you are placing your happiness at the hands of something external to you right? So you are not sourcing your happiness from within. You're not sourcing your happiness from either yourself or the universe or God, or whatever you believe in. You are sourcing your happiness at this external thing, this external person, this external money, this external food, this external whatever it is. This uh, So that is saying my happiness comes from somewhere else. And you're saying, you're saying, oh, you are so good that you can make me happy. So that's 
step one. Step two is then you try to achieve that happiness. And many times you will try to achieve that happiness by doing things that are not absolutely perfect, right? If somebody, if, uh, if somebody wants to have sex with someone, they will just talk about they, they will try to to find a way. They'll be like, oh, it's okay. We don't need to become in a committed relationship and we, let's just live in the moment and let's just whatever. And they will they will try to exploit subconsciously or consciously. They, the, the donut that the, you want to eat, you know your ibuddhi, your intelligence knows that that donut is bad. But that desire, okay, so the next question is where does the desire live? And that's also something that's spoken in the Gita. The desire lives in the sense so there are three places. The senses is the first place that the desire lives. The tongue, the touch, the um, eyes, the hearing, the smell. The desire lives there. The tongue wants that donut, right? And then the mind is supposed to be controlling the tongue and saying, no, you do not get to have that donut. It's not good for you because the intelligence is supposed to control the mind. The intelligence leads the mind, supposed to lead the mind. Um, and the intelligence says, no, that's not good for you. Don't do it. Or for an addict, that alcohol is not good for you. Don't do it. Right. But the tongue, the tongue desperately wants it. And then the mind is just like, OK, I, I, I the mind is usually supposed to control the senses, but the senses end up controlling the mind. So the the example is like the, the rider of an elephant. Um, the elephant are like the senses and the rider is like the mind. So when the elephant has a, has like, if the elephant sees bananas somewhere and it, he says, uh, he just decides, I want to have those bananas, then the, and the elephant just decides to go after the bananas. The mind cannot possibly control, the, the rider cannot possibly control the elephant because the elephant is way stronger, right? The way to control that elephant is to train it. So the way for our mind, the, the, our senses are way stronger than the mind. And usually they just lead us all over the place, right? We don't have any control over that. But the way to control it is to train it slowly but surely the way an elephant, the rider elephant, trains the elephant. Um, so the intellect doesn't work in that situation. You know, you cannot tell the elephant, hey, you should do this. This is good for you. The elephant is not going to listen. The elephant does what it wants to do. The only way to control the elephant is to train it slowly. So the the intellect can help us. Yes, the intellect can help control the mind, but you have to start by training those senses. You have to start by training that elephant. And we have to control it even to achieve anything in the material world. We have to control the senses. Um, if we want to, um, I don't know, write a book or we want to do our job or we want to whatever, there'll be times where we want to sleep or we, there's like the body is going to say, I, I want more sleep. But you're telling your, your body, no, you have to get up. You have to do this thing. You have to go to the job. You have to write this book. You have to. So we have to control our senses even to achieve material things. The um, So we have to train it and the intellect can help. It does help. Absolutely. But eventually we have to train the senses. OK, so the desire lives in the senses and the desire is the one. So we what we're saying is um when we have desires for extra for material things, we're like, oh, you are going to give me happiness. And then we go off and try to achieve it. And uh, many times we will go beyond, be, go opposing to our intellect to get it or our integrity, worse still. You know, we may go out uh, outside our integrity in order to get it. And we'll mostly, almost certainly go outside our intellect in order to get it. All of that creates the uh, um, feeling of 
non-control in us. Like it makes us weak. Every time we do that, every single time we do something out of integrity, we become weaker as people. So we we feel less we we feel less strong because we haven't we've gone we've we've you know we all have a conscience we we know that what is right and what is wrong and we have a conscience and even if we're not aware of it it is affecting us and it is making us weaker and we're trusting ourselves less so that's one aspect of it um the first aspect is we're making our happiness depend on something external the second is we're doing all kinds of things in order to obtain it making ourselves weaker either because we're not listening to our intellect or we're going out of integrity the third thing is that once if we don't achieve it then we feel like we're a failure we feel bad we feel like we're suffering because we don't have that external thing so now we have our self worth also i mean it's it's a double edged sword right if we get it we feel bad because we've lost our integrity if we don't get it or if, i mean even if we don't get it we might still lose our integrity because we've the way we have tried is is not in full integrity ways um so and it it kills our self worth because we're like okay we did not manage to achieve that thing we i wanted to start my business i wanted to make this much money and i didn't manage to make money or i mean i managed to only make this much or i didn't manage to make whatever you know um so that's an external uh, thing again so we feel bad about that and then once we achieve it let's say we do achieve it then we want to hold on to it we are attached to it like if it's a person what if the person leaves if it's money what if we lose it or what if something happens like we we start to get attached to it and we start to hold on to it like we we start to get fear like now we have it and we might lose it so that's number 4 <laughs> and then there's so many bad things about desire and then number 5 i think there's a fifth one um i'm forgetting let's see if i can very quickly um yeah uh, the the most important one actually the fifth one is that once we have it uh, apart from the fear as well it's it doesn't give us that happiness it doesn't sim- it simply doesn't give us that joy that we thought it would we have we want to make whatever millions of dollars and we make millions of dollars but we want more i mean we are happy in that moment in one split moment we're happy maybe we maybe because of our gratitude exercises or whatever we learn to be happy about it longer but it stops satisfying us it just really stops having that pull it stops satisfying us so then what <laughs> it's like five five things that desire is like it's hurting us So what is the solution to it the solution is to desire our relationship with god and source all of our happiness within from within us instead of an external thing whatever we get we get um we we do need enough for our our uh, um livelihood of course we need food we're not going to be able to live without food clothes shelter we need that but there is a limit to that and if we can if we can get to a place where we we get as much as we need and i know this is going to be very contrary to everything that people are saying and i am i'm guessing that people are going to hate what i'm saying and i apologize if i'm hurting you but this is this is what the gita says and this is what i truly believe 
is uh, that if we get to a place where we have enough to live on, where if we have enough to survive on, we're comfortable, and that's it. Like we don't we don't try to get a we don't try to make a billion dollars because a billion dollars is not going to make us happy. What is actually going to make us happy is learning how to source that happiness from within, from from the self, if you believe, from the higher self, from the universe, from God, from Krishna, whatever you want to believe. Um, if we're sourcing it from within, that is going to give us lasting eternal happiness. It's not not just a momentary happiness that that is a diminishing returns you know that gives us diminishing returns it is not a diminishing asset it's an appreciating asset so when we learn you know how to build that through meditation through love of god through bhakti through devotion then we are building that inner inner happiness from within and we're sourcing it from god and that is only going to expand there is a phrase called anandambuti vardhanam anand means joy ambuti means ocean vardhanam means expanding so what we're getting is an ever expanding ocean of bliss we're not it's not an ocean of bliss it's not a huge massive ocean of bliss that we're getting we're getting an expanding ocean of bliss that's how beautiful it is so that's when we start to connect, build our connection with god um then we start to build that ever expanding ocean of bliss that's where the real joy is that's where the real um so we do desire we don't we don't kill our desires we don't say we don't have any more desires we do definitely desire it's just that we're desiring our relationship with god we're desiring to be self realized we're, we're desiring to be god realized instead of desiring external things that are not going to get us anywhere and we train we do that by training training the senses slowly but surely we train the senses no we are going to get we are not going to eat this thing we're never going to eat this we are never going to eat, eat or we're not going to eat donuts today or we're not going to eat donuts this week or we're not going to eat donuts this this year or we're not going to eat donuts ever like whatever you level you feel like you're at but we start by training it and uh, eventually it just it just becomes under control but um, the path that i follow is bhakti or devotion to krishna and but of course whatever works Okay, uh that's it for this video. I'm very 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 excited. I was bursting when I read that article yesterday and I was bursting when I I mean all this was knowledge that I acquired yesterday and it was just I was I was so bursting and I'm so glad that I was able to share this with you. I hope this is helpful for you. Um wish you a day filled with personal spiritual growth. Radhe radhe.